monster, a creature with such horrific features, a lady, a bride, and scary movie fan, some nerds and their website present this woman and her man. Hello and welcome back to the Bride of the Creature podcast with me, the creature Joey G., Joining me this week, as always, the cutest podcaster in town, the bride, Nicole. Hello. And special guest star, Robbie G. Hello. Rob was over when we watched the movie, and so you're getting him to... Hello. Sit closer to the mic, damn to it. All right. This is not your first podcast. Okay, so... Yeah, I'm not sure the... The procedure. The rules are we piss off Joey. Oh. And then and Kevin Smith is stupid, so and I far. hope he drowns in a sea of trench coats. <laughs> you, you, you guys understand that I don't like. I'm not a relative of Why his. Like him? I hope he doesn't die, but you could have gone like my son. I probably care more about than I'll Kevin like, Smith. I like your son. Anyway, the point is, uh, this is the Bride of the Creature the podcast, the podcast where we watch a movie and we talk about it, and Nicole tries to make my head explode. So. Without any further That's ado, actually, we should have a bit more further ado this I'm week. Him. Hey, spoiler alert! That's the name of the movie we watched. Uh, oh, well, I hadn't said it yet. Oh. Fucked up the introduction. Well, everyone knew we watched Scanners already. Oh, you just assume everyone listens to every episode of this show? Our show sucks. But the title of the episode is the name of the movie you watched. That's an excellent point, Rob. Thank That's just, it's those kind of insights that are why we brought you on the show in the first place. Yeah. Nice to have a third eye on things because you guys podcast with one eye shut all the time. Yeah, that's why we don't watch 3D movies on this show because they just fucking blow for us. We're just like, I don't get it. An extra set of eyes. That joke is funnier if you see that I'm covering one eye with my hand. Anyway, uh, as the Moron Twins mentioned, we watched Scanners from 1981, our second Cronenberg here on The Bride of the Creature. Cronenberg in the heezy. Did we watch The Brood? Yeah, that was a long time ago. We're talking about Scanners now, though. Yeah, but I like The Brood. I also like The Brood, which is why I chose the... Oh, my. The Brood had the little dude. Yeah, we're not talking about The Brood. Oh, The Brood Dude. The Broody Doody. When they showed up, they went... They jumped out of the pantry and the, the, the grandma was like, I'm going to go get ham You hang out here and look at a photo album. And then the broody dudes came through and they rooted and through the broody. The broody dudes rooted. Do you guys want me to leave or? They were like, <laughs> anyway, we watched. A... Yeah, like, so that's Whoa. enough talk about the movie we didn't watch this so week. Harder. We didn't watch that movie. We should watch it. Yeah. Maybe later. Right now movie. we have to talk about the movie we did watch, which was Scanners from 1981. And before you two say anything else, let's listen to the trailer. I would like to scan all of you in this room one at a time. I must remind you that the scanning experience is usually a painful one. Sometimes resulting in nosebleeds, earaches, stomach cramps, nausea, sometimes other symptoms of a similar nature. At this point, I'd like to call for volunteers. Fine. Just, uh, sit right here, please. Specific. Do I have to close my eyes? It doesn't matter. All right, yes, I have something. The mind voice. 
Hawks gathers, their thoughts can kill. Okay, and welcome back. Now with good sound quality because I remembered to plug in the mixer. How and how long have you been doing this? This isn't your first podcast. <laughs> That's only the second time I've ever done that, though. So why don't you shut up? I do all the goddamn work. The least you could do is shut up. I did my homework today. Great. Why don't you spoil that we need to do homework too? Why don't you just tell everyone Joey everything? Joey makes gonna... me do homework. Yeah, I do. But you fail because it's shutting up and you never do it. You're getting a failing That's grade. That's not homework. It wasn't my school. Anyway, it's because you never did shut up. Hey y'all, this is some good banter. Yeah, this is the reason people <laughs> listen to the show. Yeah, to hear the, the true love, the, uh, the, the of the bed, of the romance sure. of the bride. True of the romance. Picture. That's a movie. Oh, did you guys watch that? Yeah, I love that movie. Patricia Arquette has amazing boobs in that movie. Whoa! Right. One is hanging out like the whole time. Patricia Arquette's boobs notwithstanding, because I agree they are spectacular mm-hmm. in that film. Can we please talk about Scanners? Because that's what we watched. I'll scanner you first. There you go. That's okay. <laughs> All right, so, uh, the plot. Scanners are people who can scan. They're t- like telepathy. It's like speed reading. <laughs> Basically, yes, it's just like speed reading. Only, instead of speed reading, it's two nervous systems being connected uh, despite being separated by space. So that I loved like, how they explained telepathy that way. Yeah, so it's telepathy, and you can control like bodily functions such as heartbeats, and do other things like telekinetic and like pyrokinesis. A and lot of like the that. times when movies talk about telepathy... <clears throat> They just are talking about the connection of minds and controlling minds and reading minds. But I liked how this went a little bit deeper, talking about the, how the nervous systems can. And you can actually control a lot of the yeah. physiology of other people. And people's yeah, heartbeats. like the scene with the guy. And that it seems training. like. And, and one thing that I really loved about the lore of it is that it seemed like it was a struggle to do so. Because in other movies with telepathy, people just kind of put their hand to their forehead and and kind of squint a little bit, and then they could do everything. But here, you're at, they're actually convulsing and they're their shaking. And there's a lot of effort going into. And I didn't know the famous scene from this movie, so I was quite surprised by it and liked it a lot. I'm surprised you were surprised because before it started, I said this is the movie where the guy's head explodes. Yeah, but I, you, you, all you told me was that that was a famous scene that everyone knew from this movie, and I'd never seen it. Is what yeah, I meant. Yeah, but you, you knew that the guy's head was going to explode. So why are you surprised? I was just surprised at how well it looked. How well it looked. I'm always surprised at how good you talk. Thank you. Yeah. It. But back to what I was saying about how it seemed like a struggle. Like that guy who exploded the guy's head. He his like his head you could see was like yeah yeah do you remember because Ravik is the guy who exploded the other guy's head what's his name Ravik Ravik is the bad guy Ravik's bad mother Michael Ironside plays Ravik okay we're getting ahead of ourselves so our hero uh, is Cameron uh, who has he's a powerful scanner but he but uh, he doesn't know he's a scanner he can just like hear thoughts and it kind of makes him a homeless derelict he lives in a mall which I thought was kind of fun. And he accidentally causes one of them to have like violent convulsions and nosebleeds because they were being rude about him. Oh yeah, that's a uh, right because that's so early on in the movie the where he's just a homeless guy in the food court he eating gets, all the hot dogs. Yeah, he gets recruited by yeah. Patrick McGuinn within like twenty minutes. And then towards the end of the movie, I kind of forgot. Well, he was wasn't, guy wasn't really thinking. Not at fault of the movie, just wasn't really thinking about like, oh yeah, he was a homeless guy at the beginning. By the time we like when we get into the movie, there's been these like two opposing opposing camps of scanners for quite a long time. One of whom is re- led by Revic, and the other is uh, the guy Dr. Paul Ruth, who's the head of Consec, who's the guy who first discovered scanners, and we'll later find out has more to do with the inception of scanners. Inception. Exactly. As you gravity hallway fight. So anyway, uh, we're discovering all kinds of scanner-based warfare, like uh, a scanner agent infiltrated Consec and blew up that guy's head, Revic. So that leads Patrick McGowan to recruit Stephen Lack uh, to become a powerful scanner and get to the bottom of things and find Revic and, and de- destroy Revic and his revolutionary gang. He's like a good scanner. <clears throat> Precisely. So Revic has this whole big like network of scanners, right? Like an and army. Yeah, uh, and as the film goes on, we d- discover that uh, Revik and his scanners have actually infiltrated Consec in more than just sneaking into blow-up heads. Uh, they also have like higher ups who are secretly working with Revik. So it's a whole big conspiracy. Yeah, and the plot basically just concerns uh, Lack or Stephen Lack. Is that his name? Stephen Lack just like running around trying to find other scanners and defeat Revic and get to the bottom of the mystery and what have you. And it's along a very the way he finds a bunch of <clears throat> video game sort of linear 
storytelling where it's like main hero get the bad guy get the bad guy for the final fight with the bad so you guy mean all movies pretty well it's yeah. like the little bad guys leading up to the big bad yeah, so you yeah. mean, it's like one of those like stories where like there's a good guy and a bad guy and the good and the bad guy like eventually they come together and there's like a like a showdown so I, but he goes through several levels yeah like, you're right yeah and it goes he into goes through, like, a sequence of events that leads to their final <laughs> conflict. You're right, that is like a video game. Or like one of those other things, a paper in them, a book. Or those TV shows that like... Picture shows. Commercials even, a lot of commercials are like that. <laughs> yes, Rob, you're right, there is characters, plot, and conflict in this movie. <laughs> Again, this is why no, we have I the end show. No, I get what he's saying, I like how he, he analogy Well, I'm glad that you two have each other then, because... <laughs> That um, was wait. the most garbage insight. It was not I've garbage. It was not Come garbage. On. Yeah, this movie's like a video game because it has a beginning, middle, and end. No, that's not what he said. <laughs> that's basically what he said. His favorite part was like the interaction and the eventual conflict between the antagonist and the protagonist. When he was oh, I like the rising action, too. Oh, how about that denouement? What? When he was meeting up with the other scanners, though, yeah. was he... I think, couldn't figure out if he was trying to recruit them or he was bringing people to kill them. Well, he Did was he mostly... Did he the people there to kill them? Who? The first scanner that it was in the giant head. The what? artist? What giant head? The big giant head. Oh, the inside that head? No, he's trying to get information on how to find Revic, and they think that that uh... guy has worked with Revic. All he's trying to do is find Revic. Because his job is to find and kill Revic. That's all he's trying to do. And in doing so, he's... Because he seems, like, confused himself. Yeah, because he doesn't know what's going on. He doesn't know about the conspiracy. All he knows is that there's a bunch of bad scanners led by Revic. All he knows is what Patrick McGowan knows. Have you told them the end yet? Where he finds Revic and kills him? <laughs> no, I haven't. <laughs> you were in the room. Do you remember me saying that? Yeah, at the end, he I wins. At the end, the good guy finds the bad guy. so much. Yeah, well, you're right. At the end, he finds the bad guy, and they fight with their brains. And... Is it bad that I zone out on our own podcast? Um, like, it's not great. I can't listen to podcasts because I zone out. I can't do a podcast because I zone out. Begs the question, why are you here? You asked me to be. Oh. <laughs> and I said yes. <laughs> okay. Ah, it would be weirder if she was here if I had asked her not to come. <laughs> She'd probably still be here. But anyway, um... So yeah, like you're right. There's a whole bunch. There's a lot of mystery in this movie because as the plot goes on, you learn more and more about the conspiracy and about the history of scanners. And ultimately, you learn that Revik and Lack are actually intimately connected, and McGowan knows more stuff. Patrick McGowan like, both knows more than he's letting on, and less about the overall conspiracy. Yeah. Yeah. I liked when um, he recruits one of the girl scanners, mm-hmm. and she's in the waiting room. Who was room. part of Revik's team? Yeah. And she defected away from Revik to come to Kansas. <coughs> Don't talk with your mouth full of cookie Jesus. You shouldn't be up on a podcast either. If I wasn't here, we'd have chaos. Um, that she was waiting in the waiting room and she gets scanned by an unborn fetus, and they realize that they're making baby scanners, which leads to more of the. That's how they figure out how scanners were created, Mm -hmm. because there was this drug that they were talking about that they would use to uh, to stop scanners, basically from scanning, but actually it creates scanners. And that's how you learn. We're just gonna. We're gonna. We're just spoiling the whole movie, I guess. That like Stephen Lack yeah, and Michael Steve. Ironside end up being brothers who were created by Patrick McGowan. So Patrick McGowan created the first scanners. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah, that's right. Yeah. And at the end, Patrick McGowan is dead, and uh, Stephen Lack has taken over Michael Ironside's body. And, and his like, eyes changed color, <clears throat> which was pretty cool. Um, I really like the special effects in this movie because mm. it was it was really like <clears throat> I had to ask. How did how did they make yeah, this? It wasn't like CGI and stuff. So I really up. was impressed with that. And the story, I was super super into it at the beginning. The whole first half of the movie, I was super into. And I don't know if I just didn't pay attention to a little bit of it. Well, you can't pay attention to a podcast that you're on. So it no, might and be then effect. and then like the second half kind of fell flat for me. I kind of lost interest in it, and then it picked back up for me at the end again. That's how I mm-hmm. felt about it. So it's entirely possible that the parts that you were paying attention to you enjoyed and the parts where you zoned out. No, I didn't zone out. I just think I just it just got boring. Yep. Again, it's hard to take your opinion at face value when you zone out during your own sentences. No, they're your sentences I zone out at. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, that's less weird then. Rob. What do you think of the movie? 
It's like a video game. <laughs> Did you like it because yeah. it's like a video game? Um, I loved it. I thought it was really excellent. I um, it it's really cool because it starts off really really big, and then you have the the. the <laughs> I heard. Did you that. just hit your own face with your beard? I hit my teeth with my beard. It was so loud. It, really it sounded like a woodpecker. That was that sounded. What, really painful. What are you doing? I was smiling. What? I was smiling and bringing my beard to my face, and I forgot to. Are stop you telling me that smiling. you can't handle those two independent actions? Like you were incapable of smiling I've never, and drinking a beer. I've never seen you smile drinking a beer before. You are a grown woman. Your motor skills should be developed to the point where you can express emotion and drink a beverage <laughs> without causing grievous bodily harm. I don't know. I don't know what happened there. I do know what happened. You hit yourself in the face with a beer bottle. That's what happened. What were you saying? (laughs) Uh, I like that uh, it goes out of its way to really, really start with a crazy climactic beginning. And then the rest of it is a lot of intrigue and kind of slow burn. Yeah, yeah. Very, very slow burn for about an hour. And then... uh, I agree with that. And then uh, to, like, an ultimate really, really great final scene. Yeah, the, I, the final duel is one of the coolest parts. Of it's the very Dragon Ball Z. Yeah, and they're just, like, basically making constipation face as hard yeah. as they possibly can. And it was still so exciting, which was really cool, because they didn't do anything. They stood at yeah. opposite ends of the room and grimaced and, at each other. Yeah, and, like, clenched. And yeah, and shook a little bit. There was a little bit of convulsing. Some of the coolest special effects ever. But still, the... The pacing of it is done so expertly where you can actually tell, oh, he's got the upper hand at this point, even just by his facial expression. The fight sequence in it, although there isn't movement, you can totally tell what's happening with them just kind of imaginary fighting. You know where the conflict is. Yeah, which is kind of, uh, I don't know, it was really good acting on both of their parts. Um, I thought throughout it that Cameron Vale... So the the main the most guy, wooden actor of all time. I was about to say was like, I mean, I don't know if that was on purpose, but oh my god, he was the most wooden. Like he was a robot. I think it was partly on it, purpose, but I think the part of the fact that he isn't an actor, he's like a fine yeah, artist from Quebec. Yeah, because watching it about halfway through, I was kind of like, oh wow, I really don't think this guy is very good. But then towards the end. Even if he wasn't just very good, it kind of fit for what he was supposed to be. Yeah. I thought it was it was kind of a happy accident, and then also learning that he is just a, an artist and he's Plus, not actually. Plus, I think it actually makes did a really job. Michael Ironside's performance as Revic even more charismatic because, yeah. like, ultimately you start to question like, is Revic really the bad guy? Is yeah. Consec the good guy here? Because they're not good either. Like, when when uh, when Stephen Lack kills Revic at the end, part of you is like, oh, okay, so they won, but. Did the good guys win just now, or did the yeah. bad guys win? Are, I, it's a cool ending because, like, you're left once you know everything there is to know in the lore of the movie that you don't really know. What are you laughing at? My, my mouth really hurts. <laughs> I think I'm gonna get a fat lip. Abortion, 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 abortion. Yeah, inside jokes for people from the Okay, um, so here's some other interesting things about this movie. Would you like to know them? Yes. So, according to Wikipedia, because Nicholas Cage played Michael Ironside. Yes. Because of the oddities of Canada's you film financing no, structures, Cage, Jack time. Nicholson. Did you guys want to know this? <laughs> Sorry. Okay. I know who you meant. That's weird. No, because no, no, yeah, we talked about Jingle right. We did, yeah. He looks just like Jack. Jack Nicholson. I'm gonna go watch The Brood if you guys want to just hang out. Oh, I want to watch Broody The Duties. Yeah. Okay, so shut up. Uh, so because of the way Canada's film financing worked at the time, uh, they had to start shooting the movie with only two weeks pre-production work done, which was actually before the screenplay was finished. Whoa. So screen, so Cronenberg would write the script from 4 a.m. to 7 a.m. each morning during shooting. And so since there was no time to build sets, in lots of instances, the crews had to like drive around looking for things that they could shoot in front of. How did he sell a movie before he'd written it? Well, it was Canada, man. I don't know. Wait, he didn't sell because it wasn't like a, it wasn't a major studio. It was an independently produced. They were feature selling from it to B Canadian for family. Hey, yeah, that's great. Shut up. Well, how does, what's wrong that's, with you? That's what? weird. How does that work then? Because talking? so he sold a movie, and the production company said, "Make it right now." And I he said, know. "I'm not done." Look, I. The information I have is this Joyce sentence is on reading. Wikipedia. Right? All right, all right. So he has said that the scanners was a nightmare to make because it sounds like it was fairly difficult to create. The other thing I would point out is that Dick Smith did all the prosthetics and the uh, 
for, and the uh, special effects of the head exploding in the fire. Oh, really? And Dick Smith is one of the most celebrated visual effects artists of all time. What else has he done? The Exorcist is the big one people play. Oh, my yeah. God! He, recently, he very recently died. Oh. Yeah. Was it a special effect? I don't think so. I think he just died. You're making light of a man's death. I don't know him. <laughs> Good point. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. I didn't know Lincoln. I don't know JFK. Well, you brought this to a, a low level. I'm trying to pick it back up. By saying you don't care about a man's death. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, the film went on to uh, spawn a franchise ten years later. There was uh, two sequels in 91 and 92, a decade later, and two spin-offs. One called Scanner Cop and one called Scanner Cop 2. Scanners to the show. Uh, Any of the original Scanner Cop? No, no, absolutely none. Nobody had anything to do with it. I looked, um, Scanner 2 and 3, I don't know or if the I new want order to watch them. I don't know if I really want to see those. But Scanner Cop, I sure do. That's So Scanner Cop followed by Scanners the Showdown, a.k.a. Scanner Cop 2. Wow, that's like yeah. Batman versus Superman, Days of Vengeance. <laughs> and Darren Lynn Bluesman was supposed to make a remake of the movie, but and David S. Goyer was going to script it. Ew! Yeah. Uh, it, was to, it was supposed to come out in 2008 He's and then nothing ever happened. Dick weed. <laughs> he wrote. He's a dick. He's a dick and he smokes weed? Yeah. So apparently what happened was Darren Lynn Boozman said he wouldn't make the film without Cronenberg's blessing, uh, which was not granted. Cronenberg was like, no. Oh, I love no. that. If you want I my blessing that. to do this, the answer is no. You know, yeah, fuck it up. Don't, no, you don't, don't, need, do don't, you don't need to remake Scanners. Don't be stupid. Yeah. So I thought it was no. Kind of yeah. <clears throat> David Goyer wrote, like. Um, the Constantine pilot, and he wrote the screenplay for one of the Blade movies. And he wrote. Uh, I think you wrote all so he didn't do much. Yeah. He did like the screen. Well, he did like the story. He gets story credit for the Dark Knight trilogy, and he wrote some comics. And I thought the Blade movies uh, were good. Was Blade Two is good because the director. directed it. The story isn't very good, but like the movie is good. Goyer's not a good writer. Basically, Goyer is the worst. He's written a bunch of stuff, and all of it's bad. Uh, I'm trying to think if he's written anything good ever. Like, I haven't seen all of his movies. Oh, way better. I haven't seen some of his early movies. Right, that's the thing. Blade is stupid. Blade 2 is good. He wrote the Nick Fury Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. TV movie. Dark City is good. I do like Dark City. He also wrote Blade 2, which is not very... Which is a good movie, but not because of the script. But Blade 1 and Blade 3 are not very good, and he wrote those. He wrote Batman Begins... Which is a bad movie. He wrote most of the Blade TV series, which isn't very good. He wrote the movie there was Jumper. Was it TV series? Yeah. It didn't was it live action? Yeah, 12 episodes. It should be a cartoon. I agree. Yeah, he wrote Jumper, which I never actually saw. Oh, he, I saw Jumper. It was he wrote this. He gets a story credit on The Dark Knight. He wrote The Unborn, which I don't think I ever saw. He wrote a bunch of Flash Forward. Uh, he wrote the Ghost Rider, first Ghost Rider movie. Sweet. He wrote uh, this. He got a story credit on Dark Knight Rises. He wrote Man of Steel, the worst movie I've ever right. seen. Right, that was the reason why. He wrote I a bunch of Da Vinci's so Demons much. and some Constantine, and he's also oh, so he's, done lots. he's writing yeah. the next Batman Superman movie, which I'm not going to watch. And he's apparently writing the Metal Gear Solid movie. Boo. Yep. Yeah, he's a big dumb turd. He Metal looks like Gear. a shitty Stanley Tucci. He does look like Stanley Tucci, but not as Metal cool. Gear Solid is a video game. Yes. You would like that movie, then. <laughs> hey! Uh, callbacks. So yeah, Wait, I Metal Gear Solid. That was the one with the creepy clown, right? The, the commercials yep. always had the creepy clown. No, in them. you're thinking of Twisted no. Metal. Yes. Yeah. I, wow. Holy fuck! How did you know what the fuck she was talking about? I'm video game. I don't even know what I'm talking I, about. I would, I've been like, what? <laughs> right. There was a clown who drove a car in Twisted Metal. Because PlayStation, PlayStation. Uh, Sweet Tooth. Sweet Tooth was the name of the, the clown. Jesus. And uh, yeah, I never played that video game. Video game, I just knew the commercial and it was creepy, and I liked that. I remember I played the game because it was basically just a game where you drove around in a car and smashed up other cars. You know who also cool. likes the game Twisted Metal? Joey Tribbiani and Chandler Bing. There's an episode where Chandler Bing really? comes in. And he's like, "Let's play video games," and they're totally playing Twisted Metal together. Cool. Yeah, I want to play. Yeah. Twisted Are you Metal. autistic? <laughs> Mean well, it's just like wh- I mean, sometimes I have weird polls, but that was a r- that's a deep cut right there. Wait, yeah. I like Friends. Yeah. I'm not saying I don't like Friends. Just that's a good what? show, Joey. And your song. name and Joey should be on your Joey. Ah. Yep. 
So anyway, I liked Scanners. Did and you like Bing, scanners? you loved yeah, Bing. Yeah, I did. Overall, Rob, you like Scanners? I thought Scanners was excellent. It's yeah, not my favorite scanners. Cronenberg Except for the movie, little part in the middle. and the, When she stopped paying attention. I was paying attention. <laughs> well, anyway, uh, we have a secondary feature this week. In honor of how cool the head-popping explosion was in this movie, we've each made a list of our top five practical special effects set pieces or scenes or bits. Are we each going to say our number five and go down from... It's probably the best way to do it. So, Nicole, start us off with your well-thought-out number five practical special effect scene from a motion picture released in the last Jesus. hundred years. <laughs> go ahead. What is it? What are you looking at? I just saw more food on the ceiling from when you fed Brody dinner. <laughs> That's great. Can you fucking focus? I'm not distracted. Yeah, focus. I'm sorry. You're fucking sorry, all right. Um, number five. Number five, I really liked in The Grudge, the, I haven't seen the original, but the American one, when um, the girl's jaw is missing, and it's just her tongue hanging out, and she, like the guy, he sees her, he knows her, he works with her, and she's been missing, and he sees the back of her, and he's trying to call to her, and he slips, and he catches himself, and he realizes he's standing in a puddle of blood, and there's blood all down the stairs, and he calls out to her again, and she turns around, and just her whole lower jaw is missing, cool. and it looks really cool. I think it's probably CGI, but I thought, when I saw that, I really liked it. <laughs> Wait, you think it's probably CGI? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Okay, this is our practical special effects list. The word practical means it's not CGI. Oh, I didn't know that. That's the whole point of this list. You can't have CGI on your list. Okay, wait, I got more. I have honorable mention. Good, substitute one of them. Holy moly. Well, can you look it up? I don't know if it's CGI. I'm trying to find it. I don't know for sure if it is or not. So let's just assume... Oh, God. Carry on. Um, Okay. Now then. <laughs> it's honorable mention. Come on. Wait. Someone else say number five. Rob, five. what's your number five? Uh, I really enjoyed, even though it's uh, just a quick little clip, is at the end of Inglorious Bastards, the scalping scene. Scalps, That's a good. That's uh, a good yeah, scene. He scalps that fucking asshole Nazi, saws off his head. And peels it back. He doesn't saw his Saws his face he off. He saws do that either. off his legs. Am I the only one who pays attention to to death? <laughs> it was really good. I yeah, that. I like that movie too. Especially the part where he saws off the guy's head. I like that part too. Alright, well my Look number five... Saw. It's really graphic. My number five is like a two-parter because it's from the same movie and the same character. It's like their beginning and their end. It's in Hellraiser. When the first time when uh, when Frank gets brought back to life first and all like the blood comes together and forms that like bloody drippy gross inside out man yeah and then eventually he gets skin and stuff that seems really cool and then at the end when all the chains flop out and grab him and he says Jesus wept and then pull him apart I like that I should see Hellraiser I really like the Hellraiser movies they are really the most like oppressively self serious movies. But, like, they're dealing... Except you get to number three, which is so fucking stupid. The first two, though, are, I actually think are really good. I like that franchise, but the what first two... What is it with number threes in movie franchises, specifically horrors, that they just... That's typically when they jump the shark. Typically, lots of times I think that the, the, the concept the can barely sustain a sequel, let alone a prequel. Fair enough. Or sometimes, in the case of like Halloween, because the like, third Let's try one, something different. Yeah, because the third one of like Leprechaun was not the one where they go to space. I think that's four. Oh. Really? Yeah, and then I there's think Leprechaun Two is in the hood. No, I that have... can't be the second one. That's got Ice T in it. I think it's the second. one. No, I think that's like the. Sixth I have not one. seen any of the Leprechaun. Leprechaun one is a lot of fun. It's dumb as shit, but it is super fun. I mean, that's yeah. the thing. But it's like, not taking. But it totally thing, knows it's fun. And but that's the, my point, though. That's why I don't have a problem so much with like in the hood and Leprechaun in space. I don't have a problem because with the first one is okay. You're right. Leprechaun four is in space. Leprechaun five is in the hood. Okay, you were right. It, but like, yeah, that, those ones don't seem as big of a deal to me because like. Leprechaun one and two are so ridiculously stupid. Yeah, this like, is a different. Yeah, this is a different. Um, yeah. Okay, I was thinking, but like, like the Child's Play, I don't even know about that because Child's Play four is the first one that gets like really goofy. Alien three is a piece of shit. Uh, Superman three, not a horror movie, but good. Good this point. Is the third one yeah. I think of. Uh, 
Scream three. Scream three. Scream three is pretty. Halloween bad. three. That's the one. Halloween that's three though is so bad that it's so like weird. so weird. That's so weird. Like, we did distance, that last yeah. year. Right, the, the, 13th, the further away we get from it, the more I think about that movie, the more I like it because it's just like so. That weird commercial that would play. Why is this called Halloween? Why did they think that? Yeah, we'll tie this into their franchise. Why? Is it like how Troll 2 is named Troll 2, even though it has but like, nothing this is a case, to do? But it's not like Troll 1 made like a billion dollars like Halloween <laughs> did. It's not that like we're cashing in on the success of Troll. No. Like Halloween 3, it goes back to the original concept they had to do a different Halloween every year with a different plot that were unrelated. But when they made Halloween 2 and it was just... Oh, thank you, sweetheart. And she's had to be a rose petal with a heart drawn. I do a heart on a rose petal with sweet. a pen. But like, yeah, Halloween Two hey. is literally just a sequel to Halloween One that takes place five minutes after Halloween One ends. So then, for Three to all of a sudden be about it was so witches. different. It was so different. It wasn't even witches, though. No, I know it's called Season of the Witch. There's no witches in that movie. There's no witches. Do you want to hear? There's a, a commercial that makes people die. Do you want to hear my real number five? I was Please. Just, I was just kidding with before. Okay, what's your real number five? Um. The, the first Friday the 13th movie mm-hmm. when nope are you, are you doing the arrow for your neck it was Elm Nightmare on Elm Street the blood geyser the blood bed oh my god it's not on my game today okay the first Nightmare on Elm Street movie when the first girl gets killed in her room okay and she's the little, the, with the little short blonde hair and she's sleeping and she's getting dragged all over okay. her room and you all you all you see is her like on the ceiling That's everywhere getting ripped open in blood That's, I like the blood bed better when That's Johnny too obvious. Beaten by the bed and the blood Okay, we mean too obvious. Why would you I agree it's not so as obscure obvious. as picking a CGI choice for your number 5, but I was just kidding. <laughs> anyway, no, it's a good pick. I was just saying that my favorite effect from that movie is the bloodbed. If you don't like obvious, you're not going to like the rest of my list. Ugh. Anyway, what's your number four, jackass? Me? Yes, you. <laughs> I'm talking about this one. No, you're the jackass in question. <laughs> you are the one. Can it be a short film? I don't care. Just get on with it. In in the short mama. For fuck's sakes! That's not practical either! No, the short that is! That's a puppet! Oh, the short, right, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. sorry. Fuck. Just listen to what I'm <laughs> saying. Alright, I'm a, sorry. I liked the puppet. That they, the puppetry they did for the mom is really creepy, and the way awesome. she moves is creepy. That's that my number four. That, that was one of the biggest problems with the, with the movie, is that they. It was CGI. It was all CGI, and it was shitty. Good, good choice. That was much better. You uh, redeemed yourself. Thank Rob, you. what's your number four? <clears throat> so, in Be Kind Rewind, they have the big montage in the middle that's all the sweeting films. Yeah. And they have the, the sequence where they run through the, the anti-gravity scene in 2001, and then they go through... You know what scene I'm talking about, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Where they're going through all these movies through that's the ages. Great, I really like that movie. I too. love Michelle Gondry, and he made it look super cool. And Be Kind Rewind? Yep. Yeah, yeah, it's like, like a the montage of all the sweeted movies they did. There's also a montage later on where they're talking about Fat Swaller, and they're doing the fat history swaller? of Fat Swaller. Um, fat Swallower. Um... Fats Wallow. I, I just Fats Swallow. That movie, and I don't know what special effect you're talking about. Oh, just, it's, it's not even a special effect. It's, it's just like how they do the effects. Oh. Mostly, my number four is just be kind, rewind. The way that Michelle Gondry does everything. The bit, cool that's, the bit that's in the history, uh, the the documentary that they make on the jazz player when everyone is playing, the, like is a part of an organ. Yeah. And it's like yeah. they're all laying down and they're splayed out on this ground, and then the way that he films it is he makes them all look. It was really cool. Yeah, yeah. I like films. Makes me cry. Beautiful it does. movies. That that and the black and white one at the movie at the end. No, I mean just when they're showing it on the screen and they pan away from they're all oh, sitting there watching the movie on the that, side. But of the I'm talking about when they that that actual movie that they're showing how yeah. they made it look old by having guitar strings yeah. Yeah. in front of it and I forget what else they did no, and yeah. wind blowing at yeah. it or something. Like the way they did the it. best part of that whole movie, movies. other than the part at the end that makes me cry, is. The, the biggest build up to that gag where like you don't know why Jack Black's camouflage looks as stupid as it does until like he stops on like, that ladder yeah. and it's perfect camouflage yeah. I laughed so hard yeah. that's, good anyway, that's a good pick Rob my number four I didn't know we could do non-horror movies my number four <laughs> uh, is Nicole doesn't like obvious picks so whatever fuck me but my my number four is the transformation scene to Blue Moon in American Werewolf in London I had that as an honorable mention oh good 
It's my number four. Yeah. It's like the yeah. best werewolf movie ever made, and it's yeah. the best part of that movie, and it's insanely cool and crazy to think did, that it was uh, practical. Did uh, they ever find uh, werewolf? <laughs> their, their wolf. Their castle. Why are you talking like that? I thought you wanted to. No, I don't want to. All right, suit yourself. I'm easy. Young Frankenstein. Thank you very much, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> See, I turned your stupid time waster into a bit. Uh, that's good. I like that scene because it takes it so long and it shows everything. Are we talking about Young Frankenstein now? Or no. American, okay. An American World. Yeah. 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 And, it's, and it's to the... Oh, you gotta watch it. And to the tune of Blue Moon, which is even funnier. Blue Moon. And the craziest thing about it, Rob, is it's full light. Like, it's in a brightly lit room. Sweet. Well, he transforms into a world. Do you even see it? No. Oh, it's really good. It's really good. We've done Nicole, it on the podcast, we did. in fact. What is your number three? Did we do it on the podcast? Are you yeah. sure? Yeah. I yes. think we... No, I think we did the Howling on the podcast. We also did the... I don't think we did... I think I we think watched we that... Did. did we? We talked about it. I don't we think we did that things. movie. All right, I'm going to look this up because I don't think we did this on the podcast. Maybe we did. I don't know. Did you see Dumb and Dumber 2? No, somebody else did. Other people in the world, <laughs> not Joey. He I was like looking at uh, Letterboxd, and I saw a review for Dumb and Dumber 2. What did it say? I don't know. I didn't read it. He switched the thing. Like, I know you and I have watched that movie together, Nicole, but I'm pretty sure we did not do it on the podcast. Joey, how many episodes have we done? 60. Yeah. I'm looking at the list right now, and I don't see it, is my point. At all? I've listened yeah. to almost every one of these episodes. And you don't remember yeah, but you wouldn't remember it. every episode. Well, apparently movie. you don't either because, no, Nicole, we... Really? Really. I know we watched it together because I remember making you watch it with me, but we did not watch it on the podcast. I'm sorry. You were wrong. Yeah, sorry. No, you are wrong. We my never mouth, did it on the podcast. My mouth still hurts. Did you do your number four already? Are we on to number yeah, three now? You're on to number three. three. What's your number three, Nicole? Okay, this one's obvious. Evil Dead 2, when he cuts off his own hand. So you're, you're going to give me shit about liking the blood guy, sir? I, sp- I specifically made a point of not choosing anything from Evil Dead 2. Why? Because it's like but the you, entire movie so could good, be your good, you have list. to still pick it. You well, I to. like the blood geyser scene, so fuck you. Anyway, him cutting off his own hand. That's pretty great. It's pretty awesome. I also had the blood explosion from the And wall. the hand, like, after he cuts it off, he's like... Running around, giving him the finger and stuff. That was pretty awesome. <laughs> that's the cool part. The, the part that's basically like a jackass bit. It's like, oh, someone gave him the finger. That's funny. Oh my god. Can what I a lame jackass, jackass bit. Do you want them to like remake Evil Dead 2 with Johnny Knoxville as Ash? Yes. Just for the record, if they ever do that and you go see it, we're getting a divorce. Well, then I'd see it twice. So then we have to get married again? <laughs> so <laughs> yes, like, so undo it. Like, ah, gotcha. <laughs> Rob, what's your number three? Good uh, my number three, because we watched... A Cronenberg movie. There's a lot of Cronenberg on my list. That's fine. That's what I was thinking about. You can both be on original pieces. Okay. What he's um, original? The the scene in the fly where he's removing his fingernails in the mirror and he picks Ew. one off and it's covered in slime and he examines it. Yeah. Brundle All the Brundle fly effects in the fly are amazing. I completely agree. You know who produced that movie? Who produced Mr. that movie? Mr. Mel Brooks. Really? You know what other horror film he had a hand in? Oh, oh, I know, I know, I know. Can I have to answer? Yes, you can. The Elephant Man? Correct. Yes. I have David. not seen that. Is it a horror movie? It's David Lynch's second film, and it's the most, like, it's pretty straightforward. Like, it's not weird. It's not I mean, it's weird, Lynch, but it's not yeah. like David Lynch weird. It's just, like, an interesting story. Shit. It's really good. Pay attention. You asked a question, and you zoned out in the answer. <laughs> no, I didn't. I listened. Can I tell you my number three? David Lynch. That's what number you said. Number three, Joe. My number three is the skeleton sword fight battle in Jason and the Argonauts. In Army oh, of Darkness? That's a long no, in time. No, Jason and the Argonauts. Of Darkness? No. No. No, not that at I all. I've never no. seen that movie, but I know the scene. Yeah, because it's the best part of the movie. It's a great it's, movie, but it's so great. That clip is in a, in a bunch yeah. of movies. And then he basically did a better job of it later on in The Seventh Voyage of Sinbad. Or How old is that movie? Um, Years ago. I don't remember. Probably Maybe. 60s or 70s. Did you like that Sinbad Harry more than Sinbad in Jingle All the Way? Which Sinbad I preferred like Sinbad in uh, House Party. Why is Jingle All the Way? That's the movie with the Arnold best Schwarzenegger. Oh, yeah, with I know that toy movie. and some beds in it. Anyway, that's my number three. Nicole, what's your number two? Mm. Um, Poltergeist, when 
the guy, he's one of the paranormal investigator type guys, looks in the mirror and his face starts That part is off, the best part of the whole movie. And chunks of his face are falling well, into the sink. And then yeah, he realizes so that it doesn't actually happen. That part is so awesome. My, when I first watched that movie in grade six, my mom and dad made me close my Entirely eyes. Entirely too young to watch Poltergeist, if you ask me. <laughs> that, tra- that movie, that movie scary tra- as shit. That movie traumatized me, and I didn't see that scene because they made me close my eyes until we watched yeah. it in high school yeah. together. You know what's funny? Like, I agree. The best part of that movie is the face falling off scene, but the part of that movie that sticks out the most to is me is that lady. No, is that when you and I watched it, we both pointed out how weird it was that like the two they were in this house. That has like monsters in it, and the kids are falling asleep, and the parents are in the room just smoking a joint, getting super high. And we're both just like, that just seems really irresponsible. That's, <laughs> That's the thing I remember about that movie the most is both of us going, that just doesn't seem responsible. Like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I guess it's not the end of the world, but like, you, what happens if like your kid needs to go to the hospital and you can't drive them because you're blazed? Like, both I don't know. Yeah, they're both sitting there like training tokes on this dude. Like, one night it's her turn, and the next night it's. Oh, I thought you meant like take turns like passing the. Can I just point out that I just dated myself like three or four generations by A, saying toking on a big doob, and B, by saying puff puff pass. Because I'm pretty sure modern age stoners don't say those things This anymore. isn't a special effect, but I also really like in the movie when um, after she says they're here, the next morning the dog takes the ball to the wall and sits and drops the ball like mm-hmm. he's listening to something Yeah, it's not special effect, it's just a trained dog. I like dogs in movies. You know this. I know you do. Do you like your favorite part of the movie is yes. when a dog takes a ball to a wall and then does nothing. Drops it. And it's a well-trained dog. Our dog does all the time. He was listening to You're a ghost. You're gonna love my number one. Can I listen to number two? That was your number two, Rob. What's your number oh, two? Oh, my number two. Yeah, you have to be number two. Oh, my number two is another Cronenberg movie called Videodrome. I would see where that one. It's all hail video trail. Long live the new flesh. It's my favorite Cronenberg that I've seen. It's really, really awesome. It's and James Woods is having a hallucination on the couch. And he's not wearing a shirt. And he just slowly reaches into his gut. And his gut becomes like a stomach vagina. That he like sticks his hand in and then takes out a gun that like Whoa. fuses but to is him. is he hallucinating? And, yeah, exactly. The answer is no. Yes. <laughs> well, you ruined the movie for me. I was no, really, not like, really. Uh, no, anyway. no, it's yeah, not really like a Shyamalan so movie. <laughs> it's like just kind of like a. My favorite part of that movie is when you see Debbie Harry's tits. <laughs> I'll be like, those are blondie tits right there, man. <laughs> brother, why would you get in here, Hulk? Oh, let me tell you something, brother. Let me tell you something, Mean Gene. My favorite part of that movie is the tits, brother. What you gonna do um, when Video Drone runs wild on you? Is that, that your favorite Cronenberg cool. movie? I don't know. <clears throat> Maybe. That was the one he did right after Scanners, isn't it, Joe? Uh, I don't know. Oh. I don't think so. Well. Rob knows. I thought, well, maybe it was. I, honestly, I think he did it you, you a might, year after Scanners. You've probably been researching video Cronenberg more than I have lately. So because I've been watching more of Your knowledge of him is probably close. Yeah, Videodrome is my favorite according to my list on Letterboxd. I've only seen Videodrome, The Fly, Scanners, History of Violence... The Brood. Oh, he did History of Violence? He yes, did. he did. I think I said that every time. Yeah, you do. And Eastern <laughs> Promises, the one where you get to see Vigo's Dong. I never saw that movie. Oh, well, dong. now I'm going to go home and watch it because I want to see some Dong, some Vigo Dong. I've seen I think 16 I've only seen five. films, apparently. He is quickly becoming one of my favorite directors. Well, I've also ever. seen a couple of his shorts, so it's more like 17 or 18. Yeah. You see Vigo in shorts and Eastern Promises, too? <laughs> uh, Anyway, that was your number two. My number two is the last 20 minutes of 2001 A Space Odyssey when they go beyond the infinite. Like, all the weird colors and the scene <clears throat> with the baby and the the big white room and the camera stuff. Every single effect in that movie was done in camera, which is even crazier to me. What's in camera mean? I mean, no computers whatsoever. Like, it was 1967, but every single special effect in that movie is just practical. That's cool. Yeah. It I mean, they weren't cool. added in post. Like, it was just done. In, on set so cool but yeah the last 20 minutes when they go beyond the infinite that crazy kaleidoscope bit and yeah anyway that whole scene is fantastic I Nicole, don't know I only saw parts of that movie so I didn't see yeah, that yeah you complained the whole time so we're not watching it <laughs> Nicole what is your number one my number one is obvious but um it's my number one because it scared me so so bad when I was little number one Grouchland 
Yep. No. He just wants the dude just wants his blanket back. Right. That's the plot of that movie, isn't it? He yeah. loses his blanket into a garbage can, and he goes into another dimension he just to wants find his it. Blanket. You guys need to focus now. I saw that movie in the theater. Go it's ahead. The Exorcist. When her head spins. Dick Smith. This list was an honor of scatters, and Dick Smith did that too. Yeah. It's the head spinning part because I like the crawling down the stairs part, which is isn't actually in the director's scene? cut. It's in the director's cut. Well, oh. no, no, there's. There's a bunch of stuff. But My no, favorite when practical... she kind of walks backwards down the stairs. Yeah. That's in the director's cut. It's not in the no, it's in the original as no, well. It's, not. it's just a different angle on the original. Yeah, it's a way less scary yeah. angle. Yeah. My yeah. favorite practical effect in The Exorcist happens. is when she pisses on the carpet. <laughs> yeah, that was good. <laughs> good pick, Nicole. Dick Smith would be proud. What's your number one, Rob? It would be Nicole's favorite scene in a movie because it features a dog. It does feature a dog. The dog uh-huh. dies. But, but no. No, only one of the dog dies. What? All the dogs die. All the dogs die. In the thing. In the thing. <laughs> it's the, the greatest thing ever. When that the first shot, scene. when the dog's face like flowers, yeah. it's yeah, amazing. It so that is your favorite special effect and your favorite part of the thing. Apart from the line, I hear what you're yeah, saying. and fuck you too. I hear what you're saying, Okay, but you're completely wrong. Okay. The greatest special effect is also in the thing, and it is the defibrillation scene when he goes to use the defibrillators, and the guy's chest turns into a giant yeah. mouth and cuts his arms That's off, and awesome. he screams, and then the fucking monster shoots out of his chest, and it's fucking kick-ass. I actually <laughs> like the dog scene better. Well, you're wrong too. <laughs> because I think it's so... I don't care why, you're... The thing is the best. We can all agree yourself. that the thing is the greatest. But it's movie. so sad. The no, thing none is the of thing. those dogs had a chance. They were in a cage all together. Yeah, you know who else didn't have a chance? The fucking men Jews? who died in that movie because oh. they were all in a base together. Men, Why'd they... you have to go to the Holocaust? That's what I thought you were going to do. No, I was pointing out that the humans in that doing... movie didn't have a chance either because they were all locked in the Arctic. And she was like, the dogs! The dogs don't even know that they're alive. What? Yes, they do. They're fucking dogs. Dogs are smart. The do- dogs don't even know that they are a thing. They do know that they're a thing. No they way. don't even know they're in the thing. They don't Those dogs they didn't don't know. know. Here's the thing. Those dogs are not actors. They do not even know that they are in a movie. <laughs> yeah, but they're so And sweet. that is troubling. Well, anyway, that's all the time we have this week, even though we don't really have a time limit, but we're cutting it off. Wait, did you say your number one? I just did. The scene the from thing. the thing. Oh, right. Number one. Yeah, the defibrillation scene. This is the longest episode you guys have ever done. Yeah, it's your fault. I was saying more of my honorable mentions. Fine. I have a couple as well, so go ahead. No, no, please do. Mine um, in Zombie, which I know we did on oh, this the podcast, The Eyeball. Yeah, that was and the third I just have, movie. First movie we ever did. I just have written down The Thing because... The Thing. It's yeah. the greatest. Lot, like both Wait, of are those you talking about Viggo Morgensen's Dom again? Viggo <laughs> Morgenstein? <laughs> Viggo Morgenstein. And then American Werewolf in London. Good. Hey, and the... I guess now The Grudge is an honorable mention. <laughs> yeah. No, we can't even be that! <laughs> was the chestburster a practical effect? Yes, and it's a good one. Then it should be my number six. What chestburster? What? The chestburster and alien. Oh, that's hello, funny. my baby. Hello, my honey. That's hello, my ragtime girl. So, that's actually great too. My honorable mentions. Okay, now we're, okay. So one of them was the bloodbed because I like the bloodbed. The other one was uh, when Kevin Bacon dies in Friday the Thirteenth with the arrow through his neck. Yeah, I also that's love awesome. the 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 onesie that he's not the onesie. Moving on from this joke, uh, also it's not a joke. Uh, also <laughs> in Friday the Thirteenth, you just four. Cut him yeah, because he was talking about. Kevin Bacon's dong. Let him talk. We only talk about Viggo Morgenstein's dong on this show. <laughs> yeah, he saying? just said it already. The speedo that Kevin Bacon wears, and he has a giant boner for the whole movie. He didn't say any of that. Was that what you were going to say? <laughs> that movie reminded me of a video game. <laughs> uh, also in Friday the 13th 4, when um, uh, the little kid from the Goonies hits, Friday, hits Jason in the head with a machete, and he slides on the machete blade, and his eye pops out. Uh, and also, my other one, I have the scene in Pee-wee's Big Adventure when Large Marge scares Pee-wee in the, oh, in the car so cool. with the claymation face because yeah. it scared the fucking bejesus out of me when I was a kid. And it, to this day, is like one of the coolest things I've ever That's seen. Cool You've ever seen that movie? No. Oh, it's, it's a very cool bit. It's such a funny movie, and that bit is great. All right, well, thanks, Rob, for joining us. Oh, wait, what's we, what do we want? We can announce that oh, next yes. week... <laughs> next week. Next time... We will be returning to verses. It is my pick. Yes, we're doing another verses where we and look at the right, original. Do... Can I explain what a verses is? In but case can, you... can Stan I Lee say... said everybody's comic was there, could it be their first comic. So everyone's <laughs> first this podcast could be their first. They don't know the rules. You can say what they are, but okay, let me see what they are. Okay, 
Um, so we watched the original. I want to say it. I want to say it. Fine. What do I say? Yeah, I think I like Billy Fish too. So we watched the original and a remake of a movie, and we discussed which one's better. And basically, Nicole likes the new one, and I like the old one. And we fight, so you're gonna like it. So this month, Nicole, what are we watching? The Ring and Ringu. Right. And I've only seen The Ring. I've never seen Isn't Ringu. Isn't Ringu a pasta sauce? No, that would be Ragu. <laughs> Isn't Ringu a cartoon penguin? That would be Pingu. Oh. Isn't Ringu the thing? Isn't it like Ringworm? I don't know. Oh, come on. You missed an obvious one. What? Isn't Ringu the drummer of the Beatles? <laughs> oh, man. Anyway, yes. Uh, we're watching the drummer from the Beatles and his remake. Uh, I've never actually seen Ringu. I've only seen The Ring. I've never oh, seen really? That. I thought you had. No, I've seen the original of The Grudge. I've seen Juan. Remember when the horse doesn't make it? Isn't that in the second one? Oh, no, it's in the first one, because that was the part of the video where first I jumped, because it was the only part of the movie that scared me, was when the horse kicks the side of the boat, and it's really loud, and I jumped so high in the theater, and I was like, that scared the hell out of me, and then the horse tries to jump off the boat, and you think and it's going to make it, hooves, and then it... And, and <laughs> Crash and fall off, and then it cuts it to the bottom. The and Nicole's like, "Oh, the horse made it!" And then this blood starts to come out. She goes, "Oh!" And so as this is happening, I'm laughing my ass off because for some reason, it's the for some reason, I'm laughing so hard because a horse falling off a boat and getting killed by a propeller made me laugh so hard. Like that's so scary. <laughs> yeah, but that's the thing. Like, because people in the movie, and I was, we're gonna talk about it next week. But I was into that movie until the very end, and we'll talk about it. But. That part with the horse was the only part that scared me, and it was the funniest thing I've ever seen. So this is The Ring? Yeah. Is that the, the ring. movie with a videotape that kills you? Yes. yes. And then there was a sequel called The Ring 2 that we watched that has my favorite idiotic scene the in the movie. Was it The Deer? It's the scene where Naomi Watts and her kid are sitting in the car, and the kid is all spooky for whatever reason, and <laughs> all of a sudden, they look over and there's like a herd of deer around their car. Some clearly bad CGI deer all of whom have the biggest set of antlers you have ever seen there's like 80 deer it's with really... world record sets of antlers and then the kid looks out the window and the wonder's right there and the kid and the deer lock eyes for a second and then the deer goes mental and they start kicking the shit out of the car but, but there's so this what? moment where the kid and the deer the CGI Share deer souls. like look into each other's eyes and it makes the deers go mental. It's the worst it's, CGI too. I mean, it's a terrible movie, but that scene makes it worth it. Because <laughs> I I laughed almost as hard at that as I did at the horse dying Actually, in the ring one. In the ring too, I remember there was I think I broke this pen. <laughs> Can you please focus for Shit. an entire sentence? Why do I break everything? Why do you finish uh, your sentence? What was I saying? I don't know. Oh yeah, the, the ring too. It's actually a scary part. Yeah. Um, when, Great. When the boy, the girl possesses the boy. And, <laughs> Nobody cares. No. And then, this. and then it you sh- it shows the boy facing the wall, and then it all of a sudden she sees, and it's actually the girl, and she's scratching at the wall. <laughs> all right, we're done. Uh, thanks for listening. Until next week, Rob. Thank you for joining us. Thanks, thanks for having Rob. me. Thanks for inviting me. Yeah, you're welcome. Uh, <laughs> until next uh, until next week I am the creature Joey G I'm Robbie G and I'm the bride Nicole y'all stay strong kissy kissy this woman kissy ever decide to wed this man <laughs> <laughs>